Welcome to the Jesus is Winning podcast. I'm Mark Baxter and I'm your host. Get ready to be encouraged and inspired from gospel stories around the globe. Jesus is on the throne and he is winning. I'm excited about this new adventure called the Jesus is Winning podcast. It's something that I'm going to try to do each week uh, by interviewing people from around the world to uh, encourage that there is really, really good news out there that Jesus is winning. I've already done a few of them in preparation uh, from Africa, and uh, it's just it's just been uh, so, so cool to hear what God is doing. And it's not something that you read about normally or you hear about on the news, uh, but these are going to be real-life uh, stories. And just to uh, brag on what Jesus is doing, I want to begin uh, telling a true story of something that I experienced a few years ago. Uh, and I'll give you an update on that part of the world uh, when I finish the story. So this is what happened. I, I had been uh, to Saudi Arabia myself uh, a couple years before, and a friend of mine who we traveled together quite a bit uh, doing some uh, work with uh, missions and with Youth with a Mission, uh, he, he contacted me and said that he would like to go to, uh, to uh, Saudi Arabia with me. And so uh, we sent in our passports. I sent mine in to the uh, Saudi embassy in Washington, D.C., uh, they called me after they received it, and uh, they said that they wanted to see me in person before they would give me a visa. Well, I thought that was kind of odd, and so I said, no, I, I don't think I can do that. They said, okay, no visa. Well, I contacted my friend, and he he said, well, you know, I've got a, I've got a friend in, uh, in another part of the world who knows somebody there in Saudi. I said, well, that's interesting. So sure enough, um, he contacted his friend who contacted his friend. <laughs> Just so happened this guy lived in the city that we had been wanting to go to. I get an invitation letter from this man who lives there in Saudi, and I send my passport back with the invitation letter, and boom, just like that, I get a visa. I'm thinking, wow, uh, quite a influential man. And I, as I did a little bit of research, I, I realized that he was a very influential man. And uh, so that's why we got the visa. So. Uh, we were going to meet in Dubai and then fly together from Dubai into uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So we uh, we meet in Dubai when I uh, when I get off the plane and I see my friend. He says, "You're not going to believe this." He said, "But I just got a uh, an email from this man's assistant there in Jeddah, and they're going to pick us up at the airport." We said, well, that, that's, that's nice. And so we arrive in Jeddah, walk out into the reception hall at the airport, and there's a man standing there with a nice plaque, and it's got our names on it, which, you know, we don't normally get that kind of treatment <laughs> when we're doing an outreach somewhere. But sure enough, he was there. He was there to pick us up, took us to the, uh, to the hotel. We stayed at a very nice hotel there. And uh, on the way, he said, tonight... Uh, this man who sent that invitation letter, this man's going to come and he wants to meet you guys at the hotel. 
we say, wow. Uh, as I said, I've d- I had done a little bit of research, and I realized that this was a very influential man, and I was surprised that he would want to come and meet us. So we're waiting there in the reception hall or in the uh, lobby area of the hotel, and he walks in. Of course, he, he walks right up to us because <laughs> we're the only Americans in, in the lobby, and so he walks up to us and uh, introduces himself. So we start talking, and he says, uh, well, tell me, why did you guys want to come to Saudi Arabia? And my friend, you know, before I could say anything, he, he said, uh, well, we don't have an agenda. We just came to tell people about Jesus. And this man kind of leaned back in his chair, got a little smile on his face, and said, uh, okay. He goes, well, I'm a Muslim, follower of Jesus. Now I'm thinking, no, I don't understand that. What, what does that mean? Anyway, I didn't say no, but that's what I was thinking. So uh, he was very pleasant. He, we shook hands. He said goodbye. He said uh, as he was leaving, he said, you guys like to swim? <laughs> we said, sure, we'll go for a swim sometime. He goes, oh, I'll come and pick you up tomorrow. We'll go out, and uh, I've got a chalet out by the Red Sea. We'll go for a swim. I said, okay. So sure enough, he, he picks us up the next day, and we head out to his chalet. Had a wonderful time. He was very uh, kind, very enjoyable time. Went for a swim there in the Red Sea for a few hours, and it was uh, it was very interesting. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're headed back to the hotel after a few hours, and uh, he's driving, and he says, uh, tonight I'm going to send a driver and pick you up. We have a uh, dinner engagement. We said, okay. And so sure enough, a driver picked us up at the hotel, took us to another man's house, and we walk in, and there's quite a few people, quite a crowd actually in there. Uh, They've got a big circle of chairs. They're waiting for us. Uh, They all want to talk about Jesus. And I'm, I'm really surprised at things that are being said during the night. One of them said, uh, He goes, here's what I believe. He said, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And I said, uh, I have never heard a Muslim say that before. And he said, well, that's because most Muslims haven't read their book. I'm going, wow, that's an interesting thought. We went in and had dinner, beautiful dinner, came back out into the living room, and uh, continued talking until 1.30 in the morning. Uh, one of the men who was there is actually a sheikh from Mecca. That's a spiritual leader, actually from Mecca. And uh, we asked him, you know, how, how does a person get into paradise? And he gave the classic Islamic answer that you believe in God or Allah, you believe in the prophets, and you do good deeds. Well, that, that would be your classic answer. Uh, so as we're talking more and more, at, at one point, uh, this man who had sent that invitation letter, he's sitting on the couch, and he said this. He goes, Here, here's what I believe. He goes, I believe it is Jesus plus nothing. Now, I, I've heard that phrase since then quite a bit, but I had never heard it uh, up until he said that. And I was really 
surprised and pleased to hear that. That was something else. So uh, we ended up uh, going uh, back to the back to the hotel again. It was like one thirty in the morning. So the next morning, um, my friend and I we we find uh, Starbucks that's pretty close to us, and so we're down there at Starbucks, and my phone goes off, and it's our it's our Saudi contact, and he says, "Where are you guys?" And I said, uh, "We're at Starbucks." And he said, "I'll send a driver and pick you up. I'd like to see it at my office." So. We went to his office and we we had just a wonderful conversation. Wanted to talk more about the Lord. He actually gave me a gift while we were there—a beautiful book. It was just amazing. Uh, as we're getting ready to leave, he goes, uh, "Another person would like to see you at their office uh, from who you met last night." I said, "Okay." So sure enough, they sent a driver. We went to their office and had a wonderful conversation and uh, he actually showed us around Jeddah a little bit, took us back to the hotel. As we're driving back to the hotel, he goes, uh, I'm going to send a driver and pick you up. We have a meeting tonight. <laughs> I'm going, wow, this is just unbelievable. None of this was set up by us. This was just happening. So that evening, another driver shows up and takes us to a person's house. This person is a top military man with the Saudi Arabian army. Walk into his house. He's got a beautiful home. He's got an in-ground swimming pool inside his home. We walk up this staircase into a living room that's beautiful. And uh, there's people there. (laughs) They want to talk about Jesus. I was just amazed. It was it was a wonderful conversation. Uh, we we talked about grace, and it, it was just uh, it was beautiful. One of the guys asked me. He goes, "What would you guys like to do while you're here in Saudi?" And so I told him, "I said I'd I'd really like to go to Mecca." He said, "No problem." He says, "All you have to do is repeat this creed three times." Well. Uh, I I didn't really want to re- repeat that creed. I think it's it's uh, in one way he's trying to convert me. I think which wasn't going to happen, and so <laughs> uh, I said, "Well, I just can't do that." He said, "Okay, well then you can't go into Mecca." I said, "Okay," but it was a very uh, cordial conversation, and we enjoyed that a lot. The next uh, the next evening was our last. E- last evening in Saudi, and so the man who had sent the invitation letter invited us to his home. We met his wife and kids. It was really nice. Had a great conversation, again, talking about Jesus until about 3.30 in the morning. Finally, he offered to take us back to the hotel, and so we arrived back. Uh, He stops the car. He turns around. He puts his hand on my knee. He says, could I pray for you guys? We said, yeah. So he prays for us, and he says, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm walking up to the hotel lobby, just kind of shaking my head. I asked my friend, I said, so what are you thinking? He says, "Uh, what are you thinking? (laughs) I said, no, I asked you first. What are you thinking? And he said, "Uh, I think our friend has met Jesus. I said, I think he has too. It was very challenging. I was trying to uh, come to some understanding of what did he mean as a Muslim follower of Jesus? How does all that work? Uh, 
It wasn't too long after I got back to Jacksonville where I live. Um, there was a man coming through who was a leader with YWAM, and he wanted to have lunch. And so I had lunch with him, and he shared this concept called the Kingdom Circles with me. And I, it helped me understand what I had just experienced in Saudi, I think. Uh, and that is, is, you know, you have the Kingdom of God. If you think of that in, as a big circle, this is the Kingdom of God. And if you're in the kingdom, you're saved. And if you're outside the kingdom, then you're lost. And so the question is, how does somebody get into the kingdom? And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, if you were to do a religious survey, what religion are you? A lot of people. They say over two billion, well over two and a half billion probably, would check the Christian box. Now, there's many of them probably don't know Jesus. That's just, a, it, they're cultural Christians. Uh, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm just saying that there are a lot of cultural Christians, people who uh, have never actually given their lives to Jesus, but because they're not Hindu or they're not Muslim or they were raised in kind of a Christian area, they consider themselves, you know, that is their religion. They don't really have a relationship with Jesus. It's a religion. So two and a half billion, let's say. So most missiologists that study these things would say actually there's probably about 800 million followers of Jesus, people who have submitted to Jesus. Okay, so the question is, how did the, how did those 800 million, how did they actually get into the kingdom of God? And I think the best scripture, one of the best ones to answer that is in Romans 10, verse 9, where it says, If you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so for those in that Christian circle, when I draw that circle, not that, that entire circle is not in the kingdom of God. Those cultural Christians who don't know Jesus are not in the kingdom of God. I don't believe. I, I think that they are lost. And so there is some overlap, obviously. Part of that circle is in the kingdom, and those are the ones who have confessed that Jesus is Lord. They believed in their heart God raised them from the dead, and they're saved. They've surrendered. That's a good word. They've surrendered to Jesus. Okay, so then uh, it comes up with, how about uh, Jewish people? Do we know of any Jewish people who are in the kingdom of God? And everybody just about would say, yes, Messianic Jews. They have confessed that Jesus is Lord, and they believe that God has raised him from the dead. And so that circle, if you draw a circle that is representing the Jews, there would be some overlap again that people that are in the kingdom of God, they're in the kingdom circle because they have confessed Jesus. They believe in him. Uh, many Jews who, uh, you know, those who have not confessed Jesus, they do not believe that he is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. They are lost and they will not be with God in heaven. And that's just what I believe the scripture clearly teaches. Okay, well, just one more circle, and you could do many more, but let's just take the, the Muslim circle. This circle represents all of those who are Muslims. Could it be that there are some who are cultural Muslims who have met Jesus, who confess that Jesus is Lord, who believe that God raised him from the dead? And as a result, based on what the Scripture says, they are saved. They, they believe in Jesus. 
Culturally, they would call themselves a Muslim, maybe, because they live in a Muslim country. Uh, the issue really begins then to be discipleship. So maybe initially they have a high regard for the Quran and uh, much less of a value on the scriptures, on the Bible. But discipleship, this begins to happen in discipleship. And it's a process. I think all of us would, who are followers of Jesus would understand process. Hopefully we're closer to the Lord than we were back when we first gave our life to the Lord. And so there is a process of being discipled where the scriptures become more and more valuable and we, we are committed to them. We're committed to the doctrines of grace. Uh, those, many of those we did not have any idea what that was when we first gave our life to the Lord, had no concept. But as we grow in him, we learn these things. So I know it's controversial, and that's not really the main point of this. The main point is to let you know that Jesus is winning in Saudi Arabia, that there are many people in Saudi Arabia who are coming to the Lord. <laughs> It's incredible. You won't hear about this on Fox News or CNN. You won't read about it on Facebook. You won't see it on Instagram. Jesus is winning in Saudi Arabia. And to bring it up to date, we actually have a ministry now in the center of the capital of Saudi Arabia who are openly worshiping Jesus. Outreach teams go and stay there and then go out and share the gospel with people. There's more of an openness now in Saudi Arabia than there has been in many, many, many years. It's like a window is open. The question is, will we go through it now? Because you never know how long it's going to stay open. What I do know is today, Jesus is winning in Saudi Arabia. This is not, this is, this is not just something that I'm hoping for. I have been there a couple times. I have a friend and his family who live there now. I've talked to another friend who has actually been now to Mecca twice. And he actually surrounded the, the Grand Palace, I believe they call it, or the Grand Mosque, I'm sorry, the Grand Mosque. They actually surrounded it with Bibles. True story. <laughs> Unbelievable. Jesus is winning in Saudi Arabia. Well, as we talk about, as we talk with some guests in the future and all, the encouraging thing is that I, that I just want you to, uh, uh, to really get a hold of, to really believe and to understand, and that is that Jesus is winning all over the world. There's a lot of bad news, I know. There's wars, there's pandemic, there's crime, there's all kinds of issues. Uh, you know, the politics, it's so divisive. I, I know there's a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges. Uh, for some, it's devastating. Um, but I just, I just felt like people need to hear good news. People need to hear that Jesus is winning. Jesus is winning in Saudi Arabia. Jesus is winning in North Africa. Jesus is winning in the Middle East. Jesus is winning in Asia. Jesus is winning in Southeast Asia. And I believe Jesus is winning in North America and South America. So I'm going to share stories with you. Each week you get a new one, have a guest on the program who will share 
what's happening. And I just, it's all meant to be an encouragement and a blessing. So uh, let's just give thanks right now for what the Lord is doing. And so, Lord, we do. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are winning. And when things seem so hopeless, when there's so much despair, thank you, Jesus, that you are winning. Thank you for your word. It says in Psalm 115, verse 3, Our God is in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. Thank you, Lord, that you are the sovereign God, that you are winning people every day, that more Muslims are coming into the kingdom of God today than ever before in the history of the world. You are showing up in dreams and visions. People are sharing the gospel. People's hearts are being won. And I thank you for that, Lord. So I pray that you will use this podcast to be an encouragement. <laughs> that, we can, that we can know we're on the winning team because our general is winning. You have been, you are, and you will. And so we are grateful, Lord. So we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Don't forget, Jesus is winning.